Welcome back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. So we're back on the Value Driven Investor podcast, and we are excited. We got our good buddy, Bob Grand, on board. Bob, how the hell are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Fantastic. It's, uh, you know, Bob, we were just talking before we went live here on the podcast, and it's always awesome to, number one, it's awesome that we have this podcast because you and I are so busy that yeah. it's the only, if it's on the schedule, that's the one thing that, uh, that that's great about both of us is that if it's on our schedule, I'll be there. But if you don't make my schedule, good luck, dude. <laughs> that, that's exactly how I see it too, man. I was even just the other day going through all my contacts on my phone, like, I had like 3000 contacts. I got to get this thing down. And then there's a setting where the people, if they're not in your phone, they go to voicemail. It's like, you have to have some sort of a barrier, you know, to kind of, to, to prioritize your time. And I'm with yeah. you, man. If I don't, if I don't hit it on the calendar, it ain't, it's not happening. So. Well, and that's the best thing for, for both of us. Cause we, that's what we were just talking about off air is that, uh, you know, it's just awesome to connect with you again because we're both going in directions and it's like, when I talk with you, it's like, God, somebody, finally somebody that talks my language. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But I today it, we're going to talk wholesaling. And I think, you know, in the survival phase, one of the simplest, easiest ways to get started in real estate is wholesaling. And it, it was funny because I go, Bob, we're talking wholesaling today. He goes, oh, that no brainer shit. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest and, thing and in the true. world. And, and there, it's not like, you know what, if you're a wholesaler, we're not laughing at you. But when yeah. you what we're trying to say is that it's the simplest way to be a quote unquote real estate investor because it really comes down to a couple key things. Yeah, and that's what we're sure. going to talk about today is answering questions around what is it like to be a wholesaler? What are the ins and outs of wholesaling? Um, and you know, how do you get started? So Grando, do you have a good story around wholesaling? I mean, the deal that you did that, you know, just went awesome and you just cashed in. Oh my God, dude, I have the best one ever. Nice. Um, <laughs> it was a, uh, you know, so this was a wholesale deal that, you know, and when we look for wholesale deals, there's people all across the board, you know, what they're looking for in profit and stuff. And so we want to get good profit. And it was kind of before we kind of had the money aspect of real estate figured out. Cause I feel like people start out wholesaling until they figure out a lot of the other avenues in investing. And then they start realizing they don't have to wholesale as much. They can, they can, they can start working on their projects and stuff. Cause they figure, and it's usually the money aspect you're figuring out. So you're, you're doing that and to partner with people and stuff and give another investor a deal so you can see how it works. Right. And so, yeah. um, on one of these deals, you know, we quickly would get to the point where we would, you know, be too deal heavy, be working on a project and couldn't cash flow the next project. So we would have to wholesale it off, you know, and, and move that to somebody else. And so one of them, we locked up with a the guy and, 
you know, we would try, we tried to convince the guy, you know, you could make more money just selling your home. So that's what we'd like to do. And he's like, nope, don't want to deal with it. Just want this price. And it was in a great location. And I really wanted to do the deal so damn bad, so bad. Like I was just like, oh, I want to do this deal, but we can't because we're tied up with three other things. And, and we weren't willing to risk ourselves, you know, and, and put ourselves over leverage, you know? So we get in there with this deal and, you know, we think if we could just make a $20,000 assignment fee on this thing, it'd be awesome. Right. That's an amazing deal. Um, so in the end, like we, we were kicking it around to people. We kick it to our private money lender lady. And she was like, Oh, oh my God, I need this deal for my daughter. Right. Like it's, and I brought this up before I need this deal for my daughter. And she's like, what would be a fair price for you guys for a wholesale fee? And, you know, I was like, well, I mean, if we could get this price here and she didn't know what we completely had it locked up at, you know, I was like, she, she's like, okay, no problem. I'll get that price there. Our assignment fee on that one. Okay, deal wait, was stop, 50- stop though. Because stop, she stop. didn't know exactly what we had it locked up at. And yeah. that's the one thing though, that always stops wholesalers because they feel guilty because yeah. does that lady even care what you no. have it locked up for? All she cares about is can she get it at a price that she thinks is right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, there's no shame in it, right? Like we found the deal and we hunt deals all day long. It's like, you're like turning over rocks, right? Like, Hey, is there a deal here? Is there a deal here? Is there a deal here all day long, 24 seven? That's what we do. So that's why we benefit from that. It's a good point that you make there. And cause there's no shame in it, you know? And we, and we gave the guy no the way. out of what he should do and he wanted his price and we paid him his price. But in the end, you know, she paid us a fifty thousand dollar wholesale assignment fee, Woo-hoo! basically fifty G's, to basically nice. take this deal from us because the margin was so huge, you know, on the on the backside. And that's what I would call like a unicorn wholesale deal, right? Like that's that, and we didn't even realize it at the time that it was like that's you know like a, what we would consider a unicorn, you know, because we make fifteen to twenty k on a on a wholesale. That's I thought that was amazing, and when that one dropped in, I was like, wow. 50 yeah. G's on this thing. And that made me think, I just want to wholesale all the time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. Wholesale. And that's the beauty of it though, because it is that simple. I mean, wholesaling and, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty because we're going to, we want to, I want to go through this list of questions yeah. um, that I think people have in their head about wholesaling, getting started, all that. Um, but it, it is that simple. And, and that's yeah. the thing. That's why it, we make it as a great tool in the survival phase of the value driven investor. Because if you really want to just get your feet wet, learn how to wholesale because you can turn 50k you know you can go pick up a rock find the right deal get it at the right price and you can turn 50k and let me tell you 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 turn 50k and now you're you can become a rehabber i mean 50k goes a long way if you can find properties again it depends on what market you're in i mean if you're in a market that's got super expensive properties like california okay 50k might not do it but if in your if you're in bob grand's market and you're able to find properties in the hundred thousand range 50k can get you becoming a rehabber. Um, So I got a good story too. I, I, you know, it's funny because I I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, one of the episodes I'm gonna do tomorrow is about wholesaling and she kind of knows what wholesaling is. My wife doesn't really wanna get involved in real estate investing. She's (laughs) she's involved because she's my CFO. She runs all our books. If I didn't have her, I wouldn't even know like how much money I have. So that's why I married her. (laughs) But anyways, um, no. So she she knows enough to be dangerous, but she doesn't know the ins and outs and she doesn't really care to know. But anyways, I told her about how I said, hey, we're going to have this um, conversation on the podcast about wholesaling. She goes, well, you know, that's really funny because I always tell you, why don't you do more of that? It's so (laughs) simple. And I was like, 
yeah, I don't know why I don't do more of that. And she goes, I know why you don't do more of that. And I said, what? She goes, it's too easy. You don't like easy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And yeah. I think she's right because what I love about investing is I love taking something that's junk and transforming it into something that's my vision. Like. I just yeah. love that. Like that is the thing I love about rehabbing. And so wholesaling to me, it's like, well, okay, so I find this, it's under the rock and then I turn it and get some money. Like, okay, that's awesome. But yeah. like money doesn't motivate me that way. So, um, but this is my deal. So that's why I haven't done a ton of wholesales. I've probably done 20, 25 yeah. wholesales in like 15 years. Wow. Um, Cause I just am not ever paying attention or that's never in my head to like wholesale something. The first thing and my wife brought this to my attention. She goes, the first thing that you're thinking about is like your worst case scenario is you're just going to rent it. And, and you're never thinking like, Oh, why yeah. don't you just buy it and like, don't even touch it and put it on the market and, and make a profit. And I'm like, cause mm -hmm. that's just, that's just boring. Right. Um, but I have this one where I bought it and I actually held on to it for a year and I was trying to develop it. I had all these other projects going. I'm like, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it. And then all of a sudden, a builder came up with someone who wanted to build a house on the lot that I had, and they gave me an offer, which was right around that 50,000 mark. Like, I couldn't resist, I'm like, well, okay. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm not gonna Maybe, make yeah. as much, but I, am I really gonna not take 50K? On a, yeah. on a wholesale deal when all I have to right. do is just sign the paper and, and run with it. So <laughs> like when I'm doing deals like wholesale deals, now I did just do a little wholesale deal, a 20K wholesale deal on this yeah. little townhouse I got for 145. I wholesaled it though to another member, which is really cool because this Ryan who I'm working with, yeah. we, I did a podcast with him. Uh, so you guys cool. are gonna hear that episode coming up. Uh, and he's another guy that I kind of, you know, he came to me and said, hey, you know, help me out. And so I helped him out on this one. I'm like, hey, dude, I don't really want to do this little, you know, this little townhouse. How would yeah. I wholesale it to you? And he's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and what's the point of that? Like, what's yeah. the point of that? Number one, the point is, is that, you know, he's he's definitely part of the value driven investor community. Number one. Number right. two is the point for me was I wanted to help him out because he's part of that community. And and I was going to make a little money and he's going to make money. And I think, you know, that's what I call a win win situation. But the number three thing is that you have to, in your mindset of being a wholesaler is, he didn't even care. I told him, yeah. I go, dude, we're, we're buddies. Like, I'm gonna tell you everything. And like, here's how, he didn't even care I'm making 20 grand. Yeah. He's like, good for you, dude, you found it. I wouldn't have found it, good for you. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing you have to get over when you're, as far as a mindset, when you're a wholesaler is that nobody cares what you buy it at. Nobody cares what you are making. But right. what they really care about is what are they gonna make? And if your numbers, if you're getting too greedy and your spread's too thick and they yeah. are gonna have to take on too much risk, you're not gonna have many guys to wholesale to. And so yes. that, if there's one piece of advice that I think Bob and I can give you in this podcast Holy that is God. super valuable, uh, is that don't get greedy. Volume yeah. is better as a wholesaler, less is more, and if you try to pinch too much, you're gonna lose customers. You're gonna lose guys like Bob and I that wanna buy from you. And the thing is, is would you rather sell Bob and I 10 houses or one? Because if you sell right. me one and it goes south and you, you got greedy and it pinched me and, I, and it was no good, I'm never calling you again. 
you know so whereas true. if you sell me one and i make enough money like i did over with my buddy ryan and he's like dude i just made 30 grand thanks man where's the yeah. next one yeah you know what i mean <laughs> that's so right? true dude yeah 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 no and you don't that's exactly it there's so many people that they're wholesalers out there and they and i get stuff sent all the time i'm on so many lists i buy from a wholesaler that sends me probably like once a year you know once a year because I'm not that investor that's willing to freaking take the risk on thin margins. There's always somebody out there who is. They're going broke next time there's a market change. I'm not going to go broke. And so then that guy is going to have to start reversing courses and start making me better deals down the road because we could close on every one of them if they just gave us the margin we needed. Exactly. And wholesaling supposed to play by the numbers, right? They're supposed to calculate the calculate the the repairs, you know, and the ARV after repaired value, and they're supposed to reverse all that out and then leave room for themselves and leave room for that investor. But what's happening in the wholesale market, which it's flooded with people, is they're not leaving room for the investor. And then they're just kicking it to them and that investor's getting squeezed. That's not going to happen for much longer. You know, it's going to no, change. No, and that, yeah, well, Grant, tell them, I mean, this was a great conversation we had off air yeah. where you're like, you know what? I think, because wholesaling at the value-driven investor, is yes, we wanna help you understand wholesaling. We will put together a course on wholesaling. Yeah. We wanna get you started on wholesaling. But let me tell you, like wholesaling isn't what we're about because yeah. it's so much more than that. Like real estate investing at the best levels and the highest levels is way, it's way better than that. But right. it's a great place to start. Um, and That's so why do I say that? I say that because Bob and I always tell ourselves and, and when we're having conversations, like dude, everybody has a wholesaling class out there. So my number one warning oh, to you is be careful man. because yeah. everybody has a wholesaling class. If you want to learn wholesaling, like there's a gazillion people out there that want to teach you how to wholesale. Bob and yeah. I don't really care about teaching you to wholesale unless right. you're part of the community and we want to help you get started. Sure. And get yeah. out of the survival phase. Sure. But other than that, man, if you want to just learn how to wholesale, like go to the internet and, and check it out. But Bob, tell them what you think, where you think we are, we're in the market and where we're going in the market when it comes to the context of being or becoming a wholesaler. Well, I mean, it's such a flooded market right now, right? So everybody and their, and their dog is a wholesaler in, in the real estate market. I'm sure there's plenty of room left for other people. It's kind of like the agent world. The market becomes really hot. Everybody becomes a real estate agent, right? So I, I think that, you know, over the duration that that's going to start to switch. You're already hearing about regulation being imposed on people wholesaling properties. Last time I heard that was 2006 when they were talking about, you know, flippers being regulated, this and that. And you can't just flip a property and turn it for more profit, this and that, because everybody was a flipper, right? So you start to see those common themes because of your experience in the past and, you know, maybe getting burned. But that's where I see wholesaling right now. Nobody wants to be the investor. They, you know, in that world, I would say that the bigger percentage of real estate investors starting out, they're all wholesalers and staying in that space. You know, a lot of them are maybe not progressing to the next phase of, you know, investing. And so that's really flooding out that space, but they're, they're chomping at the margins for investors. So it, you know, it's one of those things, something's going to give, if the investor can't do the deal, the wholesaler can't sell it, then they have to go back to the owner. Then all of a sudden the wholesaler doesn't, you know, complete the deal that they just told the seller that they're going to, they have to figure out how to get out of it. Seller doesn't understand whole deal goes bad. You're never going to work with that person again. You know, they don't trust you now. So that's where I like, I just, you know, as long as the market's hot, it's great. But when the market goes down, it could go the other way. And there's going to be a lot of wholesalers out there looking for stuff. And right now, like we, you know, we're running ads all the time for, you know, pay-per-click marketing and stuff to try to find, you know, houses that we want to buy for cash. 
Um, and I'm seeing, you know, we can't even spend our ad spend right now. So the demand's not there because people can list their home really quick and get it sold, right? There's less than 15 days inventory in our market. So they can list it, get it sold. We're still picking up deals, but they're just not as fast, you know, but if you're in the wholesale world and that's how you're going to stay, that's got to be really hard when you can't find a deal in this area. So they start jumping to other markets, start flooding other markets where other wholesalers are, you know, and so I think we're just going to be at a tipping point, you know, in the near future, very near future. And, and like I say, nothing against it. Great place to start. Great place to cut your teeth, start partnering with other investors, learning what they know so you can become them, you know. Yeah, that's and that's I why the value-driven investor will never hang their hat uh, because, you know, we have the four phases of the value-driven investor, which is survive, yeah. thrive, invest, and then legacy. Yeah. You're never really going to get to that becoming a real real estate investor with cash flow and all these different things if you are stuck doing transactional work. And Bob and I yep. have done it. You know, yeah. if you're stuck on transactions, you're never going to get the freedom that the cash flow will give you. And that's why the value driven investor is not about wholesaling. But wholesaling is a great first step to get out of the survival phase. So that's our rant on wholesaling. But now let's let's talk about the ins and outs of wholesaling, Bob, because yeah. I think if somebody is sitting there going, OK, well, hey, guys, it's great that you're over here and you guys have done all these <clears> things, but I, right. I'm just getting started. So, like, give me some insight here. Okay. Why yeah. is it called wholesaling? So I'm going to answer this question. Why is yeah. it called Go. wholesaling? Because just like you can wholesale a product, like any type of retail product, let's say like a t-shirt or clothing or anything, you go directly to the manufacturer at retail pricing. And that manufacturer says, hey, I'll sell this product to you at this price. And that's called a wholesale price. You can do the same thing in real estate when you are the middleman between the homeowner looking to sell the property at below market price and a buyer willing to pay a higher price to acquire that property. So that's really the definition of wholesaling is that you are the one that turns over that rock. You're the one that makes direct contact with the homeowner. The homeowner usually in a wholesale deal is pretty motivated and they say, you know what? No, I don't want to put it on the open market. No, I don't want to deal with anything. I just want to get rid of this property. What will you pay? And you give them a price and that price is going to feel a little uncomfortable. So when you're a wholesaler, you're going to kind of think to yourself, God, am I doing the right thing here? Cause I hear that a lot because you're, you know that this house is probably worth 20, 30, 40, 60,000 more, but you know what? It's not your decision. It's the homeowner's decision. So you make that offer to the homeowner and the homeowner says, yes. And you're like, what? Yes. Yeah. And you're like, okay, right. great. So you'll take that deal. Yes. And then you put it on. Sometimes you buy it on a regular contract or you do an assignment contract, right? Yeah. Right. And then you sell it to somebody else. We're going to go into more detail on it, but that is what wholesaling is. So right. why would a homeowner ever want to sell at such a big discount when they can sell directly to a rehabber like Bob and I or directly to the open market? Bob, why don't you take that question? So why would they sell to a wholesaler um, versus just go right to us or take it to the market? Good question. Uh, a really, I think opportunity happens when you're touching the people or looking for those people. And I think a lot of the times it's that connection that wholesalers out there spending all their time, you know, as we said earlier, turning over those rocks, looking for those people. So they connect with them probably first, you know, cause they're out there on the front lines of it. So I think that's probably one of the big reasons, you know, and I think that most people, when you're stuck in one of those situations, it's never like, God, I really just want to lose money on my house, you know, and I think the good wholesale people tell them what the value is that they have in their house and they're very transparent with them. That was one thing I would add. But when they're going and they're and they're they're looking at that and they're thinking like, God, do I really want to lose money? It's usually because they're facing a factor, right? Death, divorce, 
major, you know, financial issues, loss of jobs, you know, loss of they jobs. They inherited just, a property and yeah. they can't make the payment on a property. Right. I talked to a lady about that the other day. Yeah. Those are the situations that typically they don't know what to do. They're stuck and they're, and, and some of the situations, financial stuff, it's very embarrassing, you know? And so they want to find somebody that they can covertly go to trust enough to get the deal done so they don't sink completely, you know, and that's what we find home completely run down. Like it's, it's embarrassing, you know, here's my house that I've been living in. That's packed full of stuff, you know, uh, and I'm embarrassed to show it to anybody else. Can you just buy it? I got to move down over here or something move. Grando. And yeah, you know, so. you kind of nailed that you came in and you said, Hey, I just want to mention that, you know, a good wholesaler was going to be very transparent again. Yeah. Grando, a value-driven investor, like we think about the people first and right. you, we don't think about trying to take advantage of someone's situation to make money. We think about how can we help these people and right. if we can help them and make money, then we're being a value-driven investor. And, and that's why I love Bob and that's why him and I are good buddies because there's a ton of people out there who do not think that way. They yeah, think I need right. a paycheck, especially because I'm in the survival phase. I need a right. paycheck. I need a paycheck. I don't care what their problem is. It's not my problem. Well, you know what? You're not going to last long. Right. You're not going to yeah. last long. And uh, and I'm going to add also to Bob what Bob said. Um, one of the wholesale deals, that one that I did uh, with Ryan, who's part of the wholesale or value driven investor community on that townhouse. The reason that guy sold that property to me at such a discount was because he needed to get out of the country and get down to Mexico where he was moving and he yeah. didn't he wanted it now because he literally had a plane ticket a moving truck and i said well why did you wait so long he goes great question and i said why are you like, willing cuz he literally told me yeah. how much money i was going to make and he goes kid this is how i think it breaks down i mean this guy's an engineer right so he yeah. knew every number he goes this is how i see it breaks down. so are you cool making maybe 20 grand i go well yeah but this is like almost too good to be true and he goes it's not too good too good to be true kid he goes i got enough money i'm retiring i'm going to mexico with my wife he goes you know what you just are in the right place at the right time and i was like Boom, all right, right and that was it that was it I was in the right yeah. place at the right time. And I was the guy that turned over the rock at the perfect time for that guy. So it can be that simple, but They're then anywhere. it takes a lot of work to turn over enough rocks to have something like that fall in your lap, right? Oh my God, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people miss in wholesaling. It's, it's glamorous and seems so easy. But it's that day to day grind of looking for properties. And that's where we're always at, too, you know, and we look into buy, we're looking to buy them, you know, but we're we're doing the same exact thing. Same thing as a wholesaler. You know, we're looking for those properties every single day, evaluating deal, evaluating deal, evaluating deal, running the numbers, crunching the numbers. Does it work? Does it? We may evaluate 100 deals and get one deal, you know, so that's the grind that most people don't think about. That's where that becomes hard, you know, and so yep. I, it's, I think that was a good point that you made there. So, okay, that's a great transition into the next thing that I think everybody's thinking or asking themselves, why would a rehab company ever want to pay a wholesaler when they can buy direct from the homeowner? And I think yeah. you just nailed it, man, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, if I'm a rehabber, Bob and I are sitting there and you bring a deal to me that makes sense mm -hmm. and you make money, but I know I can make a good amount of money as well, but I have to do the rehab part because I have the team in place to do the rehab part. Why would I say no to that? At the end of the right. day that you just saved me turning over a hundred rocks mm -hmm. to find my next deal because see my biggest problem 
and Bob's biggest problem as the actual construction company rehabbers is that yeah. we have to keep our pipe full because everybody down our pipeline between general contractors, designers, subcontractors, everyone on our team depends on us to keep yep. filling the pipe. So exactly. if you can help me fill the pipe so I don't have to go and turn over a hundred rocks to find my next deal, I don't care how much money yeah. you're making as long as I make what I need to make so right. that I can come back to you and say, hey, you got another one of those? Right, right Bob? Exactly, dude. And that's why that wholesaler has to play the numbers that we play by, right? And which you're not seeing you're not seeing in the market right now. They're just throwing deals out there. Some say suggested price. And I'm like, well, what's the price? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you should know your numbers, you know? And so that's exactly it, man. I think you nailed it right there. So that that's a very good. Well, Grandel, that's another so, thing. I went into a chat room because, you know, when I do these podcasts, I like I like to go, go deep. Like, what are what yeah. are people thinking right now? So I went right. into this chat room for wholesalers mm -hmm. uh, and I was reading through some of the posts and you could see the frustration on the guys like me and you, the rehabbers, the ones that are actually flipping the property. And they're just right. like, why are you putting numbers out here you your your calculations on what the potential rehab costs are aren't even close right. and why are yeah. you why i mean isn't that the job of a wholesaler is to understand how to break down the project from okay here's what i think it can sell for here's what it costs are here's what you know what you need to pay me here's how right. it all breaks down like that's what a good in in this was a contractor this was a pretty good right. sized contractor that was like isn't that your job? And then another guy <laughs> peeped in that's a wholesaler. Like he does a lot yeah. of wholesaling. He's like, well, you know, in all respect, all due respect, our job, we don't feel our job really is that because you're the one. And, and also contractors have so many different pricings. Each contractor looks at something differently. Everybody's going to have a different way to cut wow. it. You know, and I'm like, okay, I get that argument. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, what I, what I don't, what I know for a fact is, is if you're a wholesaler and Bob and I want to buy from you, yeah. you better know the numbers enough and be able to backtrack right. those numbers enough from what I can sell it at to what I need to put into it that I don't get burned. You owe exactly. that to me because I'm your customer. And if right. you can't do that, then let me tell you, you're not a value-driven investing wholesaler yeah. because you are not doing a good job. You're just not going to make it very long in that industry if you don't start, if you don't learn those basic formulas and understand if you can't ballpark the construction costs, you know, if you haven't done your research, you haven't done your homework, there's, there's some education that goes along with everything, you know, and that's why it's such a great place to start, you know, because you got to educate yourself on how is this person going to buy my product, which when you get to be the person who's buying the product, then you'll understand your numbers so much better. You've got to understand what that contractor is looking for. So to throw out that thing, like everybody cuts it differently. You have to be able to ballpark the numbers and you have to, if you're not quite sure, there's a thousand places to look it up online to get an average. So then that contract well, or you can do options, right? So, right, Bob, you can say, yeah. okay, I, I'm good enough at this. I can say, okay, here's a high end remodel. Here's how I think this, this is what I'm saying the construction cost will be. Here's what the retail sale price will be. Here's yeah. a middle of the road. Here's what mm -hmm. my, my vision of that is. Here's what I think the construction cost. Here's what the retail. And then here's a, like what we all like to call in the real estate investing world, lipstick on a pig. Like just <laughs> clean it up and get it yeah. out there. Here's right. like give scenarios. There's nobody, yeah. there's no contractor that will ever say to you, okay like this is a wholesale that honestly if you did that for me i'd be like this is the guy i want to stick around because oh now God, he's yeah. making my decision making process super simple i get it like i yeah. understand that i can vary we have variables and i can do things differently in between those three options 
but if you give me those three options and then those three options pan out when i do the deal with you i'm gonna come back to you over and over and over because you make my decision making process so so simple so easy right so true man yeah and you think about it you know it's like knowing those numbers you know them as a wholesaler then you're then you start rehabbing you know i'm there and then to me is like a rehabber real estate investor doing projects like i got my private money people that i have to you know then i have to appease you know because they're not going to do a deal with me unless the numbers work so then i shift it to them and you know i give them that package i know my numbers all across the board so when i send them something they trust me right right it's, it, so when you get to this phase you know where i'm at then you try to borrow money if you don't have those numbers right from the get-go you're toast you know they're not, you're not going to get any money Grand, yeah, well, okay, months, like so. I think we nailed that. Uh, how, yeah. how, let's talk about how do, uh, and let me, I'm gonna, there's about four different things on how do I start wholesaling real estate? So that's the big question yeah. that you're probably sitting there going, okay, guys, okay, I, I see I what you're saying. I, I, you're you're kind of preaching to me now, but, but how do I start wholesaling real estate? Now, there's one, two, three, five different things. Number one, you gotta start by researching the market. Right. Number two, you gotta curate a buyer list for your market because if you're gonna wholesale, you better have a buyer that's gonna buy it. Number three, you have to secure a financing source that works for you because you do have an obligation, whether it's just your your earnest money or potentially you have an obligation to close and then wholesale it off. So you better have some financing figured out. Number four, you have to start searching for the real estate wholesale deals, which is turning over all the rocks. Number five, you have to decide to assign the contract or Mm -hmm. quote unquote sell it. Yep. Or you do a double closing, which is you right. actually close the deal and then you wholesale it to someone else. So, Bob, why don't you start with the research? When, on the research part, when you're researching your local market, now your brother's amazing yeah. at this, but yeah. give us some insight on like, okay, so I got to start. First thing to do is research my market. What does that even mean? Uh, so researching your market is going after the type of property that you see. Like if I were a wholesaler, the best thing you can do is pick like the entry-level market, right? So if you look at the entry-level market, because that's where you're potentially going to have the biggest opportunity and they're the most clients and the most investors are. It's where I like to be right now. You know, you're, you go a little bit higher, but so I would say, okay, so what's the perfect home in that entry level market? You know, for me and my entry level market right now, it's those 70 style ranchers that people are looking for. It's the home they've all grown up in, right? That 70 style rancher can typically be either a big construction project or a little construction project, depending on the investor. And, you know, it's they typically have been lived in for a while and a lot of them can be outdated. And they usually need that one wall to come down between the living room and the kitchen to really make it a cool new space. That's like the bread and butter. And I love those things. Is And so that's what like me for what we're looking for all the time are those, you know. So now I look at the factors, you know, research what factors can I figure out that are going to kind of affect uh, me finding that or the people who need to sell those things, right? So a lot of times if people have lived in them for you know a long time, right? So 20 plus years, those are great ones to go after because their homes typically haven't been updated. Uh, people that are facing foreclosure, you know, probate deals, that's another great one. Uh, there, you know, and then, you know, people that, uh, you know, I just had something on top of my head. I missed it. Oh, dang it. (laughs) I had it. So at least those are the way, you know, me going after it, I'd be looking at, you know, that as being like some of the factors that go into it and going through, oh, oh, is the area. Sorry. That was probably the last thing I was thinking is like, what's my location? So, cause you can easily go all citywide, right. You know? And so when you're looking for, you know, foreclosure and stuff like that, you may look at kind of like a bigger area, 
but you might have also a zoned in target area where you know, you know, this area is going to be super hot. And so that's where you might focus a lot more energy, but you're still looking at, you know, the foreclosures, probates everywhere going after that. If I had to pick, you just have to have a perfect, you have to pick kind of like an avatar property that you're going after. A lot of other ones fit in there, you know, and they may pop up, but as long as you have something that you're going after and you know, it's what everybody wants in the market. And I think that's probably the big thing is knowing what people are really looking for. And in my area, it's entry level homes is, is the hottest thing. Like they really need. And so that's kind of what I would go after, you know, and thinking about the research and understanding what's, what's the market time in the market, you know? So like how many days on market, what are things selling for? You know, you gotta, you gotta do all that kind of research. And so I mean, I guess quickly and stop me if this is a bad place to go, but if I were to be dropped in a market that I don't know, you know, like you dropped me into a, a different market and I said, how am I going to get to a paycheck as fast as possible? I need to start wholesaling because I'm a real estate investor. and I've learned about this concept. I'm going to go in, I'm going to meet with a, a contractor, a real estate agent. I'm going to learn construction pricing and I'm going to learn, you know, home pricing in the area. And then I'm going to go pick my perfect home. And then I'm going to use the factors that typically influence people to sell a home you know, for be able to, to buy my deal and find my deals. And so recapping yeah, it real perfect. quick, that's kind of what I would think, you know, and that was perfect, death, man. divorce, all that type of stuff. Let's go on to uh, curating a buyer list for the market. Now, Bob, I want to do yeah. a, a kind of a creative way of answering this question. Okay. Because okay. when I'm curating, if I'm a wholesaler and I'm curating a buyer's list to buy my wholesale deals, which is me and you, right? We're, yep. we're, we're the guy that they want to find. Let's just list off back and forth where could they find me and you or how could they reach me and you to be like hey i got wholesale deals do you want to uh do a deal with me so i would say the first place that comes to my mind is i'm in a lot of facebook chat rooms that yeah. have to do with real estate investing you could definitely throw a message out there or you could maybe see some of the messages or deals that i'm putting together and you mm -hmm. can be like hey i got a deal in that market what, what yeah. would be one place that they could find you bob uh, you can find me, uh, in local real estate investment, meetup groups, things like that. That's, you know, outside, if you're online, hitting an online one out offline would be, you know, locally at, at a meetup or something like that. And part of a couple of little investor things where, you know, we kind of circle around, talk to people, it's just kind of a networking group. Um, I, I would think that's probably a great one, you know? Yeah. Facebook I got groups. Okay. So I got another one that popped in my head. Yeah. <clears throat> if you drive around the neighborhood that I'm doing deals in, you're yeah. going to see my signs all over the place and mm -hmm. you're going to say, well, dude, this guy does deals in this neighborhood. Yeah. I should call them because I got a deal in this neighborhood. I can wholesale him. Right. 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 Talk to real estate agents, you know, real estate agents start going down the list of agents and ask them if they know who they have for investors, call private money companies and say, Hey, I know you do private money locally. I'm a wholesaler. I have a deal. Do you have an investor for me? That's the number one way I would do it. If I had a deal right now and I needed to offload it, I would call my private money lender and say, hey, I, I need to find somebody else to take this deal. They'll have somebody lined up like that for you to get that deal. I mean, that's yeah. And I would go so. right. I would I would hit that one too with uh, yeah. my commercial bankers. I mean, oh, I work yeah. with banks. You know, walk into a commercial bank, do some research, find out which banks in the area, uh, whether it's a community bank, because I would tell you local smaller community banks do more aggressive lending, and say, hey, do you guys work with real estate investors? Yeah, we work with real estate investors. Fantastic. I got right. some deals. Can you give me a list of some real estate investors <laughs> that might be in you know like a wholesale deal? Make the intro. Because here's what you're also doing. 
doing. Okay. Yeah. When you do this with either, you know, a hard money lender or a banker, what you're establishing is credibility because you're able to find the deal. You're not going to be able to do the deal maybe right now, right. but now what's going to happen is that when you get enough money in your kitty and you can do your own deals, you walk back to that banker. You made like, look like a hero because you <laughs> handed him an opportunity to go to his client and say, Hey, I got this guy who might have a great deal for you. How many bankers have called you, Bob, and said, hey, I got a guy that might have a great deal for you? Not many. Yeah, no. No. So what you're doing is you're now you're now taking your gold, which is mm -hmm. which is this opportunity that you have as a wholesaler. You have a piece of gold in your hand and you're handing it off to this banker or financee. And then totally. that financee can say, oh, hey, I got a great opportunity for his client. You've just created two awesome relationships because both of them, as long as the deal's solid, they're gonna wanna know you. So that's how you can curate a buyer's list. There's a million other ways, but Bob and I just whipped off a couple there. Let's go to the next one, Bob. Secure financing source that works for you. Now, now okay, we can talk about that, but the next thing, like let's call it a subtopic of that, mm -hmm. can you wholesale real estate with no money? Because I think when you're sitting there thinking, okay, I'm gonna be a wholesaler, you're probably going, well, guys, like if you, if I need 20 grand, I can't do this. And you're thinking of every excuse why you can't do it. So I think yeah. the big thing I wanna talk about, Bob, is how do you wholesale with no money? Now, again, no money, so literally you don't have a dollar, then you're gonna have to beg, borrow, and steal from someone that trusts yeah. you uh, because you need to have at least earnest money. You right. need to have something that shows right. the seller that you're committed. Um, it can be $500, it can be $1,000, it's whatever the seller might be okay with. I would say the number would be somewhere between 500 and $1,000 that a seller would be like, okay, I'll, I'm fine with that. Um, right. So if you have that, you can start wholesaling. But totally. Bob, why don't you take this one on? Again, the question is, securing finance, uh, secure a financing source that works for you. Can you wholesale real estate with no money? Yeah, so securing a financing that works for you. A lot of times when you need that's for a double close if you're a wholesaler, because if you're if you're buying closing it with your private money, you're a rehabber or a flipper. Um, so if you and that comes down to that double closing. So finding somebody that will fund it. Most private money companies will do that. They'll take a point, you know, to to be that transactional funder for you. Um, so that that's that's an easy one um, when you kind of look at it that way. Uh, as best as I, I think. I mean, what was the, the next portion of that question? Yeah, so the next and, thing is, okay, I'm sitting here, guys, yeah. I don't have a lot of money. Oh, you right, know, sorry. How can I wholesale real estate with no money? Yeah, so again, like every state's different as to what you have to put down, right? 500,000 bucks, you know, totally work here in the state of Oregon. Um, but, you know, a lot of times with that whole wholesale package, you write up the contract, right? So you have the contract, it's one's page. It's a one page contract. It's assignable. We always have an assignable box on our contract. And then we, and then another contract that says who we're assigning it to, right? So we may take it, we say, okay, here's the check. We're gonna put this amount of money down, but none of that money comes to fruition until it goes to escrow. So that's when you would have to do it. So you have time. So if you lock it up, it's not like you can't even write the offer and say you didn't have 500 bucks or a thousand bucks guaranteed you know, if you didn't have that money, you want to get started and you're looking for it and you locked up the deal, you've got somebody that you know in your world that's going to say, I'll loan you 500,000 bucks, especially if you say, I'll pay you 500 on top of that 500, 100% <laughs> cash on cash return. I'll loan you 500 bucks to get 500 bucks back right now. Call me up any day. So, you know, that's, <laughs> exactly, so nobody man. should have a reason not to be able to do a wholesale deal, right? I mean, when you look at it like that, but it really, it, it truly, it's when it, when that contract comes to escrow, you know, and, and it, we escrow title, however you think of it in your state, but that's when, um, that's when you have to put that money down in our state. So 
once it's open, you have three to four days, you know, typically. And one of the key things Bob said there was if you have no money, you're probably not going to do a double close. If you yeah. have no money, what you're going to really have to focus on is assignment of contract. Yeah. Um, because you basically are literally the broker um, in the middle of the seller and the uh, purchaser. Now, you're not a right. broker literally because we'll get into that about the legalities because that's coming up here. Um, but you're going to look at, if you have no money, you're going to look at assigning, not double closing. So right. let's go to the next one. Start searching for real estate you can wholesale. Okay. So what are two subtopics of searching for real estate that you can wholesale? How do I find a property I want to wholesale? So how are we going to dig those up, Bob? I, I mean, you're doing, we're, we're both kind of doing the same thing. Like pay-per-click is a good one. Facebook ads right. is a good one. Uh, going after buying certain types of lists and probate, uh, potentially foreclosure lists. Bob, what do you got? I mean, dude, I know you got the, probably another hundred more. I'm a brand new wholesaler, how I'm starting out driving for dollars, dude. That's, that's how, when you go in those areas, you've identified that home that you want to buy. And now what is, what is a, what is a rehabber need a home that's run down? So you're going into those nice areas and you're just driving for dollars as the best bang for a wholesaler's buck to go out there and then start directly marketing to those people. Cause their house is already run down. You know, if you've seen it, you might want to buy it, right? Cause you put yeah. it on your list. So that's the quickest, best way. I mean, if you're trying to get started and, and, and roll in that route, I mean, there's and a million ways, And it's not even ways, when right? you're trying so. to get started, you guys, because yeah. I literally in the last probably three months have mailed out 2000 letters to my market <laughs> and I yeah. mail out letters every single month. And literally my list is driving for dollars. I have yeah. a, a spreadsheet that has thousands of properties. As I drive through my neighborhoods in my market, I every day I'm in that market, I tell myself drive down different streets that you haven't been down and I start thumbing addresses and I give it to my assistant. And I say, yep. put it in our spreadsheet and then she runs the whole mailing operation. Um, but I literally hand pick these addresses yeah. because I know if they call me, like this is a deal I can put together. Yep. Um, so that that's a great one, Bob. I'm glad yeah, you brought that, that one up. And then let's what's the next subtopic? How do I buy a property when I find one I can wholesale for a profit? So going about buying it, I think we kind of yeah. nailed that one in the financing. Right. So I think we can skip that. And then the last one is uh, deciding to assign the property or do a double closing. Bob, I know you got a good story about that. Like, I mean, assigning the deal or doing a double closing. Why would you do one or the other? It's actually a really good point. So I think a, a lot of times it just kind of it everything's situational dependent and what's required by the in-person, right? So um, why you would double close it, um, for example, uh, the 16 unit apartment complex that we bought, um, it was a double closing. And the investor on that obviously, or the wholesaler on that made a really good chunk of money on it and they didn't want to fully disclose to there us how much they made. So. I said, we were at first, we're like, well, yeah, go ahead and show us everything, this and that, this and that. But they didn't want it. We're like, okay, well, then we're like, then you can double close it and you can keep that information to yourself, you know, and on your profit and everything like that. And so they double closed it that way and then shifted us to the next day, you know, the next day we closed it. So there was yeah. some disclosure there. And maybe it's, maybe it's disclosure for the seller. Maybe it's, you know, disclosure for the wholesaler. Um, there's, there's a couple of different angles or there's just some sort of a requirement why, you know, maybe you're taking it to a different type of financing and that type of financing requires one person to be the owner before it can transition to the next. So you're kind of in that transitionary phase. We actually had a real estate deal that uh, an investor had and he didn't even buy it, fix the place up 
you know, so he was going to try to do the, the wholesale basically to, to a standard mortgage in the end. And that really failed. So he had his money tied up in the property. He hadn't removed the name from the other person yet. And then he ended up having to double close it. And we had to start the whole process all over again because it oh, had geez. to be in his name for him to sell it. You can't sell a yeah. property that's not. And so in the traditional world, it just didn't work. So he ended up going back, double closing that. And that's kind of a little bit more confusing, but that's, you know, just another reason, you know, why you would double close versus not. So, yeah. And it's another reason why you guys, you really need to understand financing. Financing yeah. is the, the magic in real estate because it is. it's the magic because it's going to allow you so many ways to leverage, but it's also the magic because if you don't have it figured out, there's a thousand different ways to skin the cat, but if you don't figure out how you can skin the cat because you're not really good at understanding financing, right. then what's gonna happen is, is you're gonna find deals and you're not gonna be able to put them together. Yeah. And, and or the person you're wholesaling to won't be able to put it together. So you have to know because you could be a really great wholesaler because you're super creative on the financing side right. and you're giving ideas to Bob Grant and I who want to buy this in our rehab, but we can't solve the problem, but you did. And it's right. like, whoa, this guy came up with a great idea. You yep. know, so that's part of it too, is, is doing the research and understanding financing. All right, Bob, I, we got a couple, we've been grinding at this for a little yeah, bit here, but I, I don't want to stop because this is an awesome topic that I think, yeah. well, it's not even, I think we both know a ton of people are uh, yeah. asking questions about. So right. let's yeah, go to good. another it's one. Good. How much money can I make wholesaling real estate? I think we oh, nailed that one. Man. Bob's yeah. made 50, I've made 50, 20 is pretty average, 10 we made, all, you uh, know, is pretty good too. Five, you can make five, two all day long if you're doing wholesaling at one, five and two. 125,000 was our last year gross wholesaling. So, I mean, we try to do the projects, you know, that's not our primary thing, but we still pulled in an extra 125 K. There so, you go. That'll get yeah. you started. That's, that's enough for most people to live on. Okay. The next one is, is it, a, is it illegal to wholesale real estate without a real estate license? Bob in Oregon, is it illegal to wholesale without having a real estate license? No, but there, there's some boundaries when, when people are, you know, starting to act as a real estate agent, you know, and there, that's where that line is but the state hasn't really caught on to what a lot of wholesalers are doing, but that's where another thing that I think it's, it's coming and they'll start saying that you have to be. So right now it's, it's wide open. Yeah. In Minnesota here, it is not illegal, but like Bob said, I mean, you are walking a gray line because if you're, especially if you're assigning contracts, you cannot represent anybody. Right. All you can do is be the middle person and you right. need to disclose very transparently, but you need to be able to be the middle person that finds the buyer, finds the seller, and it just goes through, but you can't represent whatsoever. Right. Uh, right. Otherwise you'd be an agent or a broker. So assignment right. contracts, I would tell you, you just have to be very cut and dry on how you fit into an assignment contract. Mm -hmm. On a double close, what I would tell you is that uh, you have every right to go buy a property and right. you have every right to go sell that property that you own. So that would be less um, of a gray area. I think, I think that would be more of a comfort zone because right. you're an investor, you go buy your own asset and then you sell your asset. No problem. You can do whatever right. you want because you can represent, represent yourself however you want. It's when right. you get caught in between a, uh, a buyer and a seller and you're in the middle and that would you're be an assignment. You need right. to be very careful about that. Right. You're acting as an agent of the seller at that point. And that's, that's exactly the, you nailed that man. Cause that's exactly what you have to look at. Like if you're acting on behalf of them and not acting as the buyer to that seller that, you know, in the end you end up just assigning your buyer contract to somebody else that you acted as the buyer the whole time, you're fine. But if you're acting as that middleman, like, and yeah, I've got this deal and like this and that, let me talk to the seller. Let me do that. You're an agent. 
And that in Oregon would be illegal. That is illegal. So. Okay, let's go to the next one. Is wholesaling real estate easy? <sighs> Nothing's easy, bro. <laughs> I mean, if you come want on, it, dude. You Everybody wants the, the easy mountain. road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the best entry level spot that you can get into. Um, I would say buried entry. I used to think being a real estate agent was the cheapest way to get started in any sort of thing because then you could get a license quick. I now know wholesaling is you could drop me in any city in the United States, give me a hundred bucks in my pocket. Probably don't even need a hundred bucks. Give me any city, I could get dropped into the market and I could find a deal and probably within two weeks be paid a paycheck and be on my way to living in that city. You know, So that's kind of the way I see it with wholesaling. Once you know those, there's some principles around it, which you know, and when we do our future course, we'll have those principles all super dialed out for everybody to really truly understand. So you can be successful and have that thought process where you can be like, drop me off in any city and I can make money. Like, I think it's and, probably And I would agree easiest, with you because, so. um, Real estate sales is something that Bob and I are, we, we definitely think you should get your real estate license yeah. uh, for a million different reasons. Um, so, but it, it, like, but I didn't even think about it that way. Like Bob's like, if you drop me in a, let's say Texas, right? right? And you said, okay, kid, you know, make money doing real estate. Would I want to go get my real estate license or would I want a wholesale deal? And the thing about wholesaling a deal that makes it easier than getting being a real estate agent is number one, you don't have to get your real, you have to get your real estate license. Well, that takes time. Well, I don't have any money. Yep. Number two is though, like literally, it's about as archaic as as you can think of because you're literally the hunter, and you just have to know <laughs> where does my prey sleep. <laughs> Because yeah, what does my right. prey, well, how do I attract my prey and how do I, you know, get, get what I need? Because that's right. what you're, you're literally in the survival phase. If I drop you in Texas and you have a thousand bucks and I'm like, make a deal happen. You're literally right. in the survival phase. And it's like, okay, what would I do if I was this, you know right. what I mean? Right. And that, and, and so, yeah, I would say I could probably make more money quicker by wholesaling a deal than I would be being a real estate agent. Because Dude. also, if you drop me in a market, I don't know anybody, I you have to go consummate a relationship with somebody <laughs> um, as a real estate agent, and then they have to trust you to sell their property and work with you. Whereas wholesaling, right. if I found somebody super motivated, they could care less who I am as long as I can close the deal. Exactly, and that, that's the that's the great part about that, right? It's, it's not so relationship-based. It can be more transactional based off of need, which is which is really great. And that would There's be a, a lot great of thing for us there. to do. We just we hire some camera people and we go spend two weeks in the city. That, I know. <laughs> you and I, I we just get dropped about off. That. <laughs> no money. First night we're we're sitting out on the street going, this ain't gonna work for us. <laughs> we better start hustling. Bob, you said two weeks, man. We're, we got like 24 hours to go. <laughs> like I'm soft when it comes to that cold night air. <laughs> I'd be knocking on doors That's at awesome. night. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Okay, so let's do the last one here, and All then right. I want I want one more story, one more Bob Bob Grand story. Yeah, so, man. is wholesaling real estate a good way to start becoming a real estate investor? Bob, just a quick answer. You think it's a good way? Oh yeah, man. Looking back, I, yeah. I totally would have started that way versus being an agent. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think if you're sitting there in the survival phase and you're like, how do I get going? Right. You know what? Start yeah. wholesaling. Learn about wholesaling and uh and just get going bob grand so have you had a wholesaling experience that didn't go so well for you because again you know we don't want to have the podcast where all we talk about is roses and getting rich we want to have a podcast yeah. that's real because being a real estate investor is not easy and right. things go wrong and 
you have to be prepared to solve problems. So yeah. have you had a deal where it didn't go so right for you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always those deals, you know, and the, the cool thing about it is you really don't have to lose money. You know, you lose time and energy and effort. Typically, you're not losing money, which is why I love it to start for most people. Um, you know, I wouldn't say we've had one where we've lost anything huge. We've just, you know, lost, you know, the, the deal all in itself where, you know, uh, another deal came up that we wanted to do. And we're in the process of that one, we were going to close on it. We end up going to wholesale it. And then that person wasn't that experienced with the process, you know, so they weren't truly, they weren't a true investor. And so that's kind of what we misread in the situation. And then that deal fell apart and then we're, and it's not like we're failing huge, but what I, what I failed on is I owe an obligation to the person I said I would buy the house to. And that is the biggest effect of it all. And that's the one thing I would hammer home to anybody that thinks they're going to get into real estate and investing and wholesaling. Your obligation that you make to a seller is the most important obligation you can ever make because they have now put that's their trust investing, in you. investing, man. They put their trust in you. So that's, that's where... I was like, I got to make this deal happen, right? So it wasn't like I was going to lose, but I was going to let them down. And there ain't no way in the world am I letting somebody down when I've said that I'm going to do something. So we had to bust, bust ass to find the next person to get in line and get that deal. Fortunately, there's enough. We left a lot of meat on the bone for somebody to be able to make a great deal. They did. Yeah. And actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, I just saw that house on the market. And I was like, dang, I should have done that deal. <laughs> I want to do it because I love seeing things go from that to yeah. this, you know, and that's where yeah. I'm at with you, bro. It's like, I love uh, wholesaling is great, but I love that process. And, but back then the I just didn't have all the money dialed the way I do now. And it just takes time. And I just, we, you know, that's why we made a buck and a quarter wholesale on this, you know, last year. And this year we'll probably make a lot less because we'll do the deals. So. Yeah, and I would say my story is recently, it's literally this last year, I had two incidences, uh, but the most recent one was literally like 60 days ago. And again, it, had, yeah. it has nothing to do with losing money. It has to do with losing opportunity. And right. what it was is I had this lady um, and I do infill development. So I do bigger projects like this would have been a probably a new construction project where I would have gone in, probably torn her house down and built a one point four, one point five million dollar house. She I had got her off the Internet. I had had a great conversation. I had never seen her house. Uh, I she was pretty motivated and she's like get me an offer and i got her an offer for three hundred and thirty thousand dollars to buy her one acre uh plot and um and it had a house a one and a half story on it pretty good size or not one and a half story uh split entry on it pretty good size split entry well the problem was is that literally the day that um i emailed her the offer she's like well i want you to come out to the house and I want to meet you and all that, which I'm like, yeah, of course, I would love to do that. Yeah. But I'm going down to Florida tomorrow <laughs> and I'm going to be gone for like 15 days. So like, how's that? Oh, OK, well, you know, that sucks. And she was disappointed. And then then and and I, I remember now that I didn't tell her how long I was going to be gone because I knew if I said 15 days, I was, the deal was completely gone. <laughs> right. So yeah. I went to Florida and I kind of just laid low and I was just praying that when I came back, like, you know, I would have an opportunity with her. Well, of course, a real estate agent came in while I was gone. Yeah, of course. And I came back to her like in the middle of the trip because I just had that gut feeling. I'm like, I got to reach out to this lady. And I reached out to her. I said, hey, you know, I got that offer. Do you want to maybe we could just sign that offer and then and then meet. And then, you know, and then if you don't like yeah. it, we can retract it. She's like, no, 
I think we're going to be okay. I think we got something else figured out. I'm like, dude, no. And, and what happened was, is I was going to get that for 3.30, and then just yesterday, just yesterday, I looked up the property, and she sold it, didn't do a thing, and she sold it for 4.75. And you know what? <laughs> and you lost I went it. to my assistant, and Dang. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm a value-driven investor, and and principally, and this is true, this yeah. is from my heart, principally, good for her. Yeah, because she was motivated and she could have sold me that property at 330 and I could have maybe turned it for 475. I probably like my wife said, I probably wouldn't have. I probably yeah. would have tore it down. I probably would have built a 1.4 million dollar house on it because that's what I like to do. But I could have possibly done what she did. But you know what? I almost look at those situations and say, you know what? Good for her because. Yeah, I could have helped her if that's what she wanted me to do, but she maximized her return on equity and she deserves that, right? Right, um, totally. So, you know, that's a huge loss of opportunity that I could have maybe had. But again, as a value-driven investor, Bob and I, we always look at things on both sides of the coin. And you right. know what? I'm not mad about it because she got what she deserved. And, and you know what? I just missed out on opportunity and right. I missed out on the right timing. Yep. Yeah, that's totally it, man. That's how it works a lot of times, doesn't it? Yeah. Right place, right, right dude, time. Well, we crushed this. If, if you listened for this entire 50-some <laughs> minutes to this podcast, then you know what? You got to come to uh, our valuedriveninvestor.com website, and yeah. you need to sign up to get on our email list because we have so many other cool things that are coming down the pipe. Become part of our community because if you literally listen to this for 50 minutes, then I hope we brought you a ton of value when it comes to the ins and outs of wholesaling. Uh, and we thank you for joining our podcast. Bob, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I just reiterating what you said, man. Uh, we're look, we'd love to meet you, love to potentially, you know, start looking at how we can all work together. And that's what it's all about, community, growing with each other and finding the like-minded people that um, we, we all can start really putting our heads together and coming up with new ideas and creative thoughts and stuff like that. That's, that's what I think it's all about and, and, and uh, doing it in a way that uh, is truly, you know, beneficial for everybody and taking and helping that new person, you know, understand the value of real estate investing, but understanding it like with some ethical backing. And, and that's the one thing in the wholesale area that people can be looked at just to tie it back to wholesaling. And, and that's something I think if you have the value driven investor value system and beliefs, you would always put the person first and understand that. So. That's awesome, great, Grando. Great Grando, you know what? I love talking to you, bro. I love doing this yeah, podcast yeah. with you. And I can't wait till next time. Right on. Take care, buddy. Have a great day. Get some. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.